Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned in to episode 200 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect to everybody out there who's been checking and emailing the podcast, asking where it's at. Well, it's right here. All right, so a lot been going on. Y'all ain't had an episode in a few months, so uh, let me just say uh, Happy Thanksgiving, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, Happy Black History Month. And uh, yeah, I think that covers everything. So uh, yeah, a lot been going on. Um, man, I had some stitches in my jaw. Um, I had a uh, crown that uh, failed, so the structure failed. So that was pretty much a thousand dollars out my pocket wasted. Y'all know uh, dental insurance don't pay for shit. You know they barely cover anything. But yeah, I had a uh, root canal and a crown a few years back, and that bitch busted on me. Um, shit. When was this? Ooh, this was back in November. End of November, it, it busted on me, got infected, so my jaw got all swollen up. So I had to be on antibiotics, a couple rounds of that, to get it cleared out. So, like, the structure inside my jaw, like, you know, where the root canal is, it failed. And, you know, the, the crown was loose, which is the fake tooth or whatever that the um, root canal is built on. And, you know so the structure failed and they got you know bacteria in it and it was nasty man my jaw was all swollen up like a golf ball I was on a couple rounds of anti uh antibiotics and then so i had to get that removed and of course my dentist don't do that so i'm like okay like that's great so he referred me to um this like um special um the special dentist, um, I don't know what you call it, like oral surgeon that basically, you know, will remove it and then put in an implant and all this other shit. And so um, you have to get some fake bone put into your jaw. And back in the day, uh, excuse me, back in the day, they used to um, take bone from another part of your body or a pig bone and uh, put it in your jaw so they can put the fake tooth in there, which is an implant. But um in today's age like past what maybe six seven years they came up uh the fda um approved this thing called osix bone so basically it's like this uh spongy material that bonds to the remaining bone in your jaw and gives it and then it hardens after like six months six seven months and then they can put the implant in so that's where i'm at but the um the oral surgeon that he referred me to I'm off on Fridays. That's my weekday off. I'm off Friday, Saturday. So the uh, oral surgeons, they kept on rescheduling. So like I was supposed to go in on one Friday and, you know, my shit is just all swollen up. I need to get this out. You know, I'm on a couple rounds of antibiotics. And um, so 
they um, keep rescheduling and they did it twice to me. So I was like, fuck that. So I found another dentist and we got it yanked out. Then he got the Osix bone put in and this. But this wasn't until what? End of January or whatever that I actually got it done because they just been so backed up and all this other shit. So I got this fake bone stuff in my jaw. Then I then I had to get sewn up for what was it, about a uh, it was for some time. It had to be uh, sewn up. And then my jaw been hurting since forever. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my jaw been hurting since forever. And now it's just now feeling right. So at the end of the summer or towards the end of the summer. So around July, I'll be able to get the implant put in. But the tooth is like on the back side or whatever. So you can't see it when I'm talking and, you know, when I'm laughing and shit like that. But, you know, if I laugh too much, you're just going to see a big ass gap. And, you know, you don't want to be like them old black folks who you know got all their side teeth missing and shit so they just got their good front chompers i don't want to do that you know i'm only 39 so yeah so that's been going on um let's see what else been going on uh, let me look at my notes because that was pretty much the main update oh shit yeah i got a fucking vasectomy so after after francis was born i was like yeah i'm done <laughs> i am fucking done I am not about to have another child. I am not going for number three, two, and I'm good. So, um, yeah, my two girls, that is enough for me. I tell you that right now, because once the kids start outnumbering the adults in the home, it is going to be chaos. And I do not want that. So, um, yeah, so I got a vasectomy and uh, I got it at a UNMC, which was cool. Um, The experience was... um, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm glad I did it and I'm fully healed now. So I did this back in, uh, what was it? December. Then I had to wait, um, three months. So end of December. So then, uh, or middle of December, I did it. Um, right when I was on, uh, finishing up my paternity leave for, uh, Frankie, Miss Francis. And, um, so I scheduled it then. And, uh, it was, it was, a, it was, it's different. It's a very different experience and I'll just walk y'all through it. So so basically I had a you know, I had to do like a virtual visit with the, with uh, my urologist and you know, asking him questions. So I had a list of questions like, "Yo, is it going to affect my testosterone levels?" He's like, "No, it doesn't." And then I was like, "Okay, well what about erections and shit? Like, will I still be able to get hard and blah blah blah?" He's like, "Yes, it doesn't affect any of that. Only thing we're cutting is the uh was it the vas deferens or whatever and that's the cords that each of your your balls uh you know make sperm or whatever so i'm like well what happens to the sperm and he's like well it just you know just it still gets made but it's just sitting in your sack or whatever and uh they just die off after you know after they're made so you, you so he was like your uh you know your scrotum will be a lot heavier and um i'm like okay so I'm like, that ain't too bad. And then he was walking me through the process. You know, they make an incision into your your scrotum, your nutsack or whatever. And then they pretty much bat wing your shit. You know what I'm saying? If y'all don't know what bat winging is, most of y'all do. It's when you, you know, take your nutsack and spread it out so you can see the veins and shit like a bat wing or whatever. But because it's real stretchy. So anyways, so, you know, so after the uh, consultation, we start, um, so then he's like, yeah, I'll see you in December. So the consultation was in November. Or was it October? It was like in October. Yeah. And he said, I'll see you in December. 
So December comes around, the date comes around. I'm nervous as hell. Drop my girls off at school, and uh, Nina, my oldest, she's you know she she just tells all my business. She's telling her teachers that because uh, they go to an early childhood learning center, so it's like a preschool instead of a daycare. And even the babies, we have uh, you know we have parent teacher conferences and what the kids can work on. Like even infants, it's like well she should be doing this and eating solids and holding a spoon and shit like that and you know crawling by this time so it's it's real dope and then they you know give you steps and things like that so they're more so teachers instead of caregivers but um so yeah when we get to school nina that morning i'll never forget she's like daddy don't go to work today he gotta go to the hospital he gotta go to the doctors no she said he gotta go to the doctors daddy don't work today he go to the doctors I'm like, yep, thanks, Nina. <laughs> and her teacher was like, oh, you just telling all the daddy's business. I was like, right. But anyway, so I'm going there. My heart's in my throat. Um, I know um, some of my in-laws, the guys on my uh, wife's side didn't have vasectomies. They said it wasn't bad. Um, my homeboy, he didn't have one. He said it wasn't too bad. He's like, you know, just um, just got to take it easy and shit like that. So still my heart's in my throat i'm like man what if something goes wrong you know what i'm saying and you know they you know something weird happens and my shit can't get hard no more or you know what i'm saying or i turn into like a eunuch or some weird shit you know what i'm saying i don't have the urge to do physical things anymore you know i just be some old bitch made dude right so that's where i'm thinking that's where my head is at and whatever so um it's right at I never forget. It was like right at like 10, 10 a.m., like 9.30 or 10 a.m. I can't remember. And uh, I remember just, man, just you have to go check in, you know, do your COVID screening and shit like that. Do you have a fever, cough, blah, 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 wear this mask. And so, you know, and then I'm just sitting in the waiting room, just sitting, just sitting, you know, heart just pounding. Heart just doom, 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 doom. You know, and I'm just I'm just like, fuck, I'm just scrolling through Twitter, trying to take my mind off it, watching funny TikToks. I ain't laughing at shit. So. So then the nurse comes and gets me. Finally, it feels like I've been in that waiting room for about, you know, two hours, but it probably was only like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And the nurse is a sister. So I started relaxing a little bit because, you know, um, you know, I don't know if y'all like this, but when I see skin folk. You know what I'm saying? In a professional setting, I relax a lot more. So that eased my nerves that his assist, his nurse, you know, my urologist nurse was a black woman. Right. So that was cool. So we get to we get to the uh, the room for the procedure and the whole procedure takes about 15 minutes. But so we get in there and she takes my blood pressure and my shit is through the roof because, nigga, I am scared. I'm in the room now. I see the table where I'm supposed to lay on. I see the the big circular light that's above the table. You know what I'm saying? And it's just it's, the room is cold as fuck. Right. And so. So she's like, she's like, oh, your blood pressure is really high. And she's like, do you have high blood pressure? I'm like, no, once in a blue. And so she was like, you need to calm down. She just 
gave it to me straight you need to calm down i was like i'm nervous as hell she's like you need to take some deep breaths so you know they let me chill for like you know five minutes or something she was like just breathe so i'm doing my my whole woosa routine because i'm a truck driver so if y'all know with truck drivers we have to renew our dot medical cards that prove that we can drive you know every two years or every year if you're on medication or some shit like that and if your shit is real bad they'll renew it only for like six months or some shit so they do your vision uh, they do your hearing and then they do like a, a physical and then they do um, your blood pressure and a urine sample. And the urine sample is not like a drug uh, UA is basically to test like your kidney functions and shit like that. So they make sure ain't a bunch of sugar in there or protein and all this other shit. They test for everything except for drugs when you renew your DOT car. So I'm a pretty healthy dude. I'm a big dude, but I'm a pretty healthy dude. I got to be for my job. Right. So. <coughs> So I do go go through my whole Wusa routine, you know, breathing in the positive, exhaling the negative, and then boom, she takes it again. I'm, you know, I'm perfect. You know, I think it was like 123 over like I think like 84 or some shit like that. It was it was some she's like, okay, you you good now. You she's like, you can calm down now. And so she's like, I'm gonna leave the room. I need you to undress from the waist down. You can leave your socks on because it is cold in here. And um, I'm just like, all right, <sighs> this is the moment of truth. So, drop my drop my short my my sweats, and then drop my um my drawers, and I get up on the table and I have to lay a sheet over me. And then she's like, "You ready?" I'm like, "I'm ready." And uh, I I, I just let her know because then she had to clean clean my sack and shit like that. And so she did that. I was just like, "Yo, it's a little chilly in here," you know. I'm I. This this ain't it. This ain't me. And so she was laughing and she's like, no, you're you're fine. You're fine. Blah, blah, blah. And then she started telling me that I'm like the first black dude that she's seen um, get a vasectomy. I was just like, damn, because she was talking about her, her and her husband. Um, they got three kids and uh, she I think she. Yeah, she got her tubes tied or whatever after they after the third one. And um, she was like, yeah, she was just saying she was proud of me for doing that. She's like more black men need to do that, um, you know, as far as, you know, once they have kids and things like that. Just so, you know, it won't be no oops, babies and shit like that going around it. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, a family planning. So she was like, you know, it's good for me not putting all the pressure on my wife to like get her tubes tied and shit like that. And just how easy the procedure is. So, and then, so basically after she cleans my sack, uh, they have this, um, like this big paper towel thing. It's about the size of, um, like a shoe box. It's about the diameter of a shoe box or whatever. <coughs> like a mini, like movie poster or whatever. And, uh, it has a hole in it where they just pull your sack through so your dick is just laying off to the side under the under the paper but then your balls is to the sky right <laughs> so so she was so so my balls is just sitting up in the air and uh so the <laughs> my so my urologist and his uh student comes in so and UNMC is like one of the top medical, you know, hospitals in in the world, actually. So when people were having fucking uh, was that Ebola, they were bringing them here to here to Omaha to get cured. Um, so just a great university, medical university. So 
so I wasn't tripping about the student being there at all, you know. And so the nurse is like, hey, what kind of music do you want to listen to? And I'm like, man, just give me some old funk, you know, give me some James Brown or something or some Boosie uh, Collins or something like that. And uh, she's like, all right. She was like, yeah, because I get tired of hearing country. And uh, so they threw on some music for me. And uh, it was fucking uh, James Brown, the payback. And so if y'all know, um, if y'all follow me on IG, um, I'll be posting videos of uh, me and Nina singing along to that because that's like our song. So I was like, hey, I'm doing the right thing. Like she because she put it on uh, her Spotify or whatever. She had her phone hooked up to the um, speaker system in there. So that was the first thing that came up. I was like, oh, hell yeah. OK, so I started relaxing some more. And so my urologist is telling me about the procedure and how they use local anesthesia so you feel a pinch in your nutsack so that's basically them injecting you with the anesthesia and he's like my student is going to uh do the procedure he's done a, a lot of them i'm gonna oversee it right so all right so this is where it starts getting complicated at right so they numb my sack right and uh the student is having a hard time um making the incision on my nutsack because it's thick right so i'm like the fuck you mean my nutsack is too thick you know what i'm saying so i'm just like fuck you mean and so so my urologist has to do it and it's funny because my urologist comes in and he's like oh yeah you're right this is a pretty thick you know this is a pretty thick scrotum and i'm like man it's some bullshit and so i'm like they gonna fuck around and cut the wrong thing so he makes the incision and when i tell you that this is one of the worst feelings i ever had like even though it's like um local anesthesia and my nuts are numb and shit and so when he makes the incision and then the student is like okay i got it from here and then he's cutting like one of the cords on my left nutsack or whatever and he's like this cord is really thick and that's what they call them the vast difference they call them cords right and then my uh, urologist is like oh yeah let me look at it and then so he so i got like so they have their index and they're um in the middle finger and you know spreading the hole apart you know making it bigger so now i got four fingers i got eight fingers in here you know digging around in here looking at my cords because they're thick and they've never seen that before not this is right hand to god if i'm lying i'm a drop dead right now on this podcast so so my nutsack is thick my cords are thick and i'm just like man they probably don't be seeing black dudes like this so i'm like the nurse was right you know what i'm saying so so then he so after they marvel at my cords they cut that one and then they cut the uh, right one and um then they uh stitch me back up and uh my uh and i made the mistake of looking down and i saw the blood there and uh, you know what uh my big ass almost passed out like when you see blood next to your nutsack you just like what the fuck right so they sew me up and the nurse is telling me a story about you know she's like oh you did good last guy we had here he damn near fainted and i'm like i understand i understand where he's coming from because once i sat up to get dressed because she was like okay you can i'm gonna go ahead and leave the room we're gonna leave the room you can go ahead and get dressed and shit like that and i'll come back with you know uh, a care package and what you need to do following it right so when i tell you i sat up and i saw stars i shit you not i saw stars and i felt 
this pain in the bottom of my stomach because you know how if you get kicked in the nuts it's like the bottom of your stomach just be killing you like that's what it felt like like it felt like thor took his hammer and just hit me right in my taint all the way up to the bottom of my belly like like i felt like i was gonna throw up i didn't feel like i was gonna pass out but i was seeing stars and i just felt like i was about to just i was gonna throw up my little egg mcmuffin that i ate for breakfast i was like oh my god this is fucking crazy and so i'm just sitting there i got my clothes i'm sitting there she's like you need a minute i was like yeah i do i do need a minute and so we went over to care and shit like that and they gave me an ice pack and uh my urologist (coughs) excuse me i'm sorry for keep coughing but um my urologist is like he's like hey man uh you know i want you on a steady stream of like tylenol and ibuprofen and don't wait until you know the anesthesia wears off she's like soon as you leave here go straight home and take some ibuprofen or tylenol or hit the store if you don't have it so that's exactly what i did because let me tell you something if i wasn't on i i did that and it was like for every i think like four to six hours or something uh as needed and let me tell you something i took them them ibuprofen and them tylenol together i was cool and then I fucked around and I took a nap. Nigga, when I woke up, I thought that like I thought somebody had chopped my dick off or something like like the pain that I felt when that shit wore off. And then I had to take some ibuprofen and Tylenol again to, you know, let that shit numb down. And then it just got to the point where I just constantly I just kept a, a ice pack on my sack, like just on my crotch whole time. Like that whole weekend, all I did was sit on my ps5 and just you know just just had that that ice on my sack like man and then what sucked was they tell you to wear like a jock strap and i'm like man fuck that shit like i got draws with like um i wear underwear they have like the um the pouches where you just you know you it, it holds your, your your junk in place or whatever so that helped but man going up them stairs going up and down the stairs and like every step you took up and down oh my god it was just like a just a kick in the nuts just every single time but yeah i felt that sensation for about a good two and a half weeks but just last week i had to uh, give like a semen analysis just to make sure that my cords didn't like fuse back together or whatever to produce some uh, sperm so yeah your boy's barren shooting blanks now so uh yeah so that's it but uh the guys at work there's a few guys at work who were thinking about it and they were asking me questions about the shit and they was like man does it still look the same you know pause you know when you nut and blah 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 and i'm like yeah shit still look the same and it was like yeah you still get erections and blah 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 how you feel and i'm like yeah but uh i'll tell you almost shed a tear of joy that first morning the morning after so that was on a friday so that saturday morning i woke up with morning wood like still had the you know the uh the um the not not the stitches but like the suture or whatever in my ball sack and i you know i woke up with morning wood and i was like you know what won't he do it all right so let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen uh fuck man did y'all watch the oscars like angela bassett got robbed like she did an amazing job in black panther 2 you know wakanda forever but um you know this was nothing but fucking backlash of uh you know the will smith slap 
of uh, last year. This was not, not even backlash, white lash that, you know, the academy, the voters, the producers, everyone involved was like, ain't a nigga about to win a goddamn thing. I think the only black person that won something was the um, the costume design for uh, Wakanda Forever. Like that was that was some cold shit, boy. Like everybody in the audience was looking like, Ooh, really? Jamie Lee Curtis got it. Hmm? OK. And then you had all these people with like these Twitter think pieces, um, you know, was talking about that Angela Bassett was a sore loser, blah, blah, blah. And all this other shit. And it's just like she did an amazing job. And uh, I think she was she the first uh, actress, actor or actress to be nominated for an Oscar for a Marvel role, which was insane. So that was like a feat into itself. But if you remember years ago or decades ago, some of y'all too young to remember, she should have won one for what's love got to do with it. Right. When she played uh, Tina Turner. So, you know, people thought this was going to be her swan song. She's going to get it because she did an amazing job in the film. Personally, I felt like she carried it. Um, until they killed her in it I'm just like that's some cold shit I don't know why Ryan Coogler would write that To have her killed off But it is what it is I guess You know what I'm saying um, But with the Academy Awards Y'all ain't gonna see a black person win it I'ma say for another For supporting actor Or supporting actress Or best actor, best actress Or best picture You ain't about to see a black film Or a black actor or actress win that shit or a black director win some shit uh until about another about a decade so about 10 years after the slap because this shit is just gonna be white 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 non-black that's all you're gonna see is white folks and non-blacks winning that shit i don't care what y'all do i don't care what kind of beautiful slave film that you put out ain't shit about to happen and you can thank that nigga will smith for that shit you can definitely do that because they like, oh, no, 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 Negroes. And speaking of Negroes, what the hell is going on with uh, our brothers and sisters uh, across the pond over in uh, Africa, in the continent of Africa? Like they are tweeting some of the craziest shit uh, about black Americans. You know, I just seen something on Twitter where they were talking about, you know, imagine being an african-american and you only can uh speak english and then talking about how we don't have culture and all this other shit and then you go on their timeline and they're using all kind of black slang you know what i'm saying like i'm just trying to figure out at the end of the day why are they so mad at us you know and uh you know i respect movements like fba foundational black americans and uh ados I, i respect all that shit you know what I'm saying? As far as defining who we are, you know, and embracing our history. And it, it feels like, you know, our African brothers and sisters want us to be ashamed of coming from, you know, enslaved people or black freedmen, you know, being a part of this country. So and it's just like, no, we embrace that. We're not ashamed of that. You know, we embrace how strong we are and where we've come from. You know, we're not embarrassed by that at all. And then they say things like we don't have no culture. When you look at our culture, black American culture, it makes the world go round, you know, from the lexicon uh, to the music, to the fashion, to the attitudes that we have. Like, how is that not culture to the food? 
you know, like, ain't isn't that culture? So I'm just trying to figure out what are you like, what are you trying to get at? But it reminds me of Paul Mooney has a joke on um, I think believe his first studio album, his first recorded comedy album uh, called Race. I believe it's the first one. I'll, it could be the second one. And he talks about how Africans are, you know, they act like they mad at us. And uh, when it should be the other way around and we should be mad at them for not sending somebody over here, you know, sending some troops over here to fight for us and, you know, get their people back because any other country would have did it. And uh, <coughs> he was talking about how them Africans would show up with a briefcase full of watches. And he's like, motherfucker, I know what time it is, you know. And so I just kind of, <clears throat> you know, I kind of think about that a lot when I see you know these africans on twitter just going ham you know on us black americans and i'm just like like what what is your problem like what the fuck is your problem with us like you got much bigger problems over there you got so many bigger problems like we got to worry about white supremacy over here which we're battling and fighting for equality and we over here fighting for every other group too that every other non-white group non-white straight group you know and y'all over there y'all got to deal with you know british colonialism and now you got to deal with the chinese then you got to deal with them white south africans them afrikaners or whatever and you just, and then you have to deal with you know the tribalism over there you know y'all beefing with somebody that look just like you you know what i'm saying and it's just it's it's so fucking weird that y'all would sit up on twitter and talk shit about black americans it's just so fucking weird and then you stick to that same trope that we don't have any culture and i just get so offended by that when our culture has has reached everyone globally you know what i'm saying like you look at fucking k-pop you look at the japanese fashion uh you look at uh the afro beats and shit like that you look at uh the drill music and uh how it's impacted over in uh in london england you know over there in the uk and so it's just like yo what the fuck are y'all on y'all got so many bigger fish to fry y'all got other shit to deal with but i'm gonna just move on let's talk about jonathan majors real quick um so if y'all haven't been noticing online, a story just dropped, <coughs> excuse me, about that brother uh, getting in some sort of incident with his girlfriend, uh, something about some woman texting him. And then she said his girlfriend said that he put hands on her. And then there's video evidence that there isn't and all this other shit. And then people on Twitter are just going crazy about it. And uh, people are making up rumors about this, this man and all this other shit and my thing is with this whole situation it's just like who paid off his girlfriend to you know have this story out there in the universe because right now he's quite hot you know he's got the whole marvel deal he got creed 3 he's doing all them army commercials which is fucking weird and you know he's he's the it actor right now you about to see a lot of him out here and so it just seems like a setup or something to like stain his image just in case some shit goes down in the future that's what it kind of seems like on some uh you know if he gets too white hot you know they're gonna use that to kind of humble him 
so his lawyer came out and said that they got video evidence and that the that the girlfriend recanted her statement twice and that didn't really happen and then the driver who saw that incident can attest to him not putting his hands on the woman so it's just it's very odd you know and how the fuck did tmz pick pick up the story so quickly you know who's <laughs> excuse me who sold it to him and uh what's going on but i just feel like it's one of them you know if it ain't some shit where they can catch you you know with a hooker or doing something strange you know with a movie exec you know let them play with your asshole or tickle your balls or some shit or you doing that to them you know there's there's these kind of uh domestic violence type things you know it just seems like hollywood does that to uh black folks you know they always have them dangling a carrot in front of them. i think they do it probably to all the actors not just black folks they just kind of had that ace in the you know in the back pocket or the ace up the sleeve you know just to be like hey remember this you know and shit like that to try to control you and make sure you don't do anything too um too righteous or anything um too extreme you know that's not fitting the hollywood narrative that's what that's what it seems like to me but shit we going past the 30 minute mark on the summer jam damn screen uh one more time i'm leaving to my nigga hove uh thank you for continuing to ride with me in season three jigga man uh what you gotta say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right thank you so much tyrone biggums for that intro of selling hope like damn dope and i appreciate you riding with me in the season three uh so uh what's going on with your man uh hot dog head ricketts uh the former governor uh pete ricketts released some kind of uh little snippet of a commercial or something for his maiden speech on uh capitol hill you know he's a senator now bought and paid for his seat by putting a bunch of money behind jim pillen who's our new governor here in uh, nebraska and how he got the seat was uh being i sit on the fence sassy uh stepped down to take the job at the university of florida as president of the university of florida and so there is an open seat and so the governor can fill it so hot dog head ricketts you know he always wanted to be in the senate because he back in what was about oh six he ran against um, uh, former governor uh, Ben Nelson, but he lost. He got blown out the water. So he always had his eye on that. But this is a billionaire's son, Pete Ricketts is. So he put a <coughs> excuse me, he put a bunch of money behind Jim Pitlin's campaign so he would get elected. And you know, Jim Pitlin in return was like, okay, let me appoint you to the Senate seat. Uh, so here we are and uh but the video is like all rugged and shit and it got him in a cowboy hat and this man is far from being nebraska tough any kind of cowboy anything he ain't even westo tough you know what i'm saying so it, it's just hilarious but what i really want to talk about in selling hope like dope was that goddamn chris rock special nigga that was trash uh that was live that was just what a couple weeks ago it came out and we watched it live and uh that shit sounded dated that nigga was telling jokes from like <clears throat> that may have worked let me say maybe about 15 years ago 2008 you know 2009 2008 something like that 2007 around that time and uh i think i i chuckled 
and I think the problem is because his last special was great. The special before this live one, it was great. It was amazing. Uh, and I was like, oh, Chris still got it, you know. And uh, I forgot what it was called, but uh, this live one, the newest one, and I just felt like it was building up to him talking about the uh, the uh, the slap from Will Smith. And uh, even when he got to that part, I didn't even make it to that part. Yeah, let me keep it a bean. We cut it off. Me and the wife cut it off. You know, we went on the bed. It was just, it was too cringe. Um, you know, I know they were doing it live, but uh, he's a veteran. Uh, he just, he seemed, he just looked like an old man up there. You know, he looked like um, Patrick Ewing. You know, with the Orlando Magic, he looked like Hakeem Olajuwon when he was playing with the Toronto Raptors. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just was sad. You know, it was very sad to see him like that. You know, it was like Shaq on the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? It was one of them things. Like, damn dog, like, like this is this is something new, but this ain't good. This ain't good at all. Like that shit was beyond trash. Like. I mean, I was I hopped on Twitter to see the reviews and uh, people felt the same way that I did. And uh, I was like, boy, I'm no stand up comedian, but damn, that shit was tough. That shit was tough watching that. It was just like I had my 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 little snacks ready. Like, OK, I'm about to laugh my ass off. And boy, I think I chuckled one time and it just was whoo. It just felt like you just took somebody from like, you know, the 90s and just placed them in the 2020s, you know, just like, here you go, tell some jokes. And it was just like, Ugh. or like Captain America being thawed out, you know, and then he had like a week to prepare, you know, for uh, his big stage scene or some shit like Chris Rock was like frozen in the 90s and then somebody thawed them out and they was just like oh man this is these are the 2020s like here's like you know 30 years later and just like oh okay cool you know and you got a week you know to like indulge and you know take it all in and then you can tell some stand-up jokes about it okay and it's just like ugh. back to the drawing board sir because that shit was oh my goodness that shit was terrible it was terrible. It was it was bad. It was really bad and it was it hurt to, you know, see him go out like that. You know, it's one of them things you just like, oh man, can we just stop the bleeding? Like throw in the damn towel. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, oh it was like watching Apollo Creed get his ass whooped again or something. You know, it was just so cringe. Oh, that was tough. That was tough. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L, we have to give it to the NAACP. Um, man, just, it's always something with this group uh, not doing something or trying to muddy the waters. And a lot of people, they will tell you straight up and down that the NAACP stands for Negroes always asking Caucasians permission. That's what they'll tell you. But what the NAACP has done now, only the good thing that they do is the Image Awards. But 
what they're doing now is uh they're like they wrote like a official letter to kind of protest um san francisco is uh ju- has jumped on this uh reparations payments to black folks um and it was like five million dollars for each black person um and they basically they're running interference and try to muddy the waters and you know do all that silly shit you know like when black folks are you know turned up in the streets and there's always that black preacher or something that's like oh no go home don't do this don't do that don't you don't you come out here like that don't no go on back in the house you know let the let the, the let justice prevail make sure you go vote you know do shit like that like that's the NAACP like that's what them niggas doing but this was just crazy as cat shit right here uh it said um the san francisco chapter the naacp rejects the five million dollar reparation payment to blacks and it calls for reparations <coughs> excuse me to focus on opportunities investments in five key areas at board of supervisors meeting on reparations today um these niggas said here's what they want invest in education black students don't perform as well as their peers we need remedial programs to help our children with reading math and science uh so basically special education for black kids uh economic empowerment with president biden's infrastructure bill we want to see more black people get the opportunity to get jobs on the billions of dollars in infrastructure work that will be done in our community and our state nigga the second point is economic empowerment you don't think five million dollars is economic empowerment housing we want more housing more public housing and more affordable housing for blacks there should be preferred treatment for blacks to keep our people in the city uh san francisco has fallen from 16 percent black population to less than five percent we need a new version of 40 acres and a meal that benefits and assists blacks to live and thrive in san francisco a city that has done everything and can drive us out through discrimination as even uh wholesale removal during urban renewal programs in the 60s and 70s do these niggas not know that five million dollars in reparations uh, payments will uh, help you with economic empowerment, will help in education and housing? Then healthcare. Blacks don't have the same lifespan as the majority population. We need programming that positively impacts our health, our longevity, and our mental health. Uh, like money, that helps all that shit. Uh, if you got that much money, you can have access to some of the best hospitals in the world. All right. Um, Fillmore Heritage Center, the redevelopment agency destroyed a great deal of the Harlem of the West when it was uh, instituted urban renewal uh, programs and drove black businesses and residents out of San Francisco. Our people need a black center of town, just as there is a Japan town, Chinatown. We need to preserve and protect the Fillmore Heritage Center and surrounding blacks. Uh, not only as historic center of our people, but as a place to gather and grow the black community for future generations. You know, all this could be solved with five million dollars for black residents, you know, from descendants of slaves, foundational black Americans. Uh, like like you see what I'm saying? These niggas is talking about projects. We need to build some affordable housing like nigga. You got five million dollars like you can buy a home probably anywhere in San Francisco. You see what I'm saying? It's just silly shit like that. Don't give out the money. We need some public housing and we need better jobs. That's what we need. We don't need you guys, you know, 
paying off a debt that's owed to black folks we need you to you know kind of funnel that money this way and we can do some things with it you know what i'm saying we can do some things with it you know that's it's that's that's the only thing it is and you know naacp been on some bullshit since since the inception of it you know what i'm saying it had white founders um even w.e.b du bois even he left after a while like man this some this is more propaganda type shit you know what i'm saying it was just trying to get issues to the forefront and getting attention 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 so they could get money from white donors and really not doing shit for black folks like even back then like w.e.b du bois saw through the bullshit and kind of bounced out like you know what i'm out of this shit you see what i'm saying it's one of those things where it's just silly as fuck you see people start getting scared when real solutions start popping up for black folks because then all these organizations can't keep getting that money rolling in once real solutions start coming out then all of a sudden it's like oh, oh hey 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on that's a bad idea uh i need you know we, we don't need that money you know what i'm saying so the system can keep working like it is so these niggas can still keep getting donations and have a job. You know what I'm saying? A job bullshitting because these real solutions are starting to come out with this whole reparations thing. You know, a lot of people ain't going to have, you know, a, a leg to stand on. They ain't got no, uh, you know, organizations, you know, to actually, you know, it is just it's one of those things. They need the, the system to keep working like it is so they can keep them checks rolling in. You know to keep those donations rolling in and then what other groups are going to what, what the fuck are other groups going to do once reparations is you know settled the debt is settled you can't use black folks as the face of your organizations anymore you know like these lgbt groups these women groups you know these other non-white straight groups you know they always use a black incident to get some money and shit like that you see what I'm saying? Either as we're the victims, the black folks, the victims. And it's just like, oh, look at this black gay man just got his ass beat. So I need you to donate all this money to this white gay organization so we can prevent this happening to gay folks. But just white gay folks. You know what I'm saying? It's just shit like that. Or we have to be the black boogeyman. You know what I'm saying? Like this, the whole uh, crux of uh, the stop Asian hate movement. You know what I'm saying? It started off with the president tweeting about some uh, <coughs> about what was going on in China. Then all of a sudden it just flipped to black folks uh, supposedly beating the shit out of Asians all across America. He's like, yo, what the fuck did this come from? You see what I'm saying? It was all these they were cherry picking some like small isolated events and kept on just blowing it up and blowing it up and blowing it up. But once this reparations thing comes down the pipeline and these checks start coming out, like other groups are going to be like, Man, what, what the fuck are we supposed to do? You know, how to like who's back? We going to ride now. You know, we need to we've been riding this, you know, this uh, this oppression horse, you know, to get to the podium to get some benefits. You know, what the, what the fuck are we going to do now? You know, and that's, this is what the NAACP is doing right now. They're just trying to muddy the waters. And I wouldn't be surprised is once these uh, reparations bills start uh, coming up on Capitol Hill, you're going to start seeing, um, you know, groups lobbying against it. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be people walking Capitol Hills, lobbyists walking Capitol Hill 
to uh, stop reparations because the system needs to continue to work like this in this uh, weird uh, capitalistic black folks are the battery of America type thing going, you know, a specific cog in the wheel. Uh, to keep the whole thing going because a lot of people gonna lose a lot of fucking jobs and a lot of pool you know and their status in america is going to fall down it's going to just plummet so the naacp i mean really think about it when all this shit was going on with uh you know uh back in 2020 with like george floyd and then uh, with Breonna Taylor, with Ahmaud Aubrey, just all these incidents, even going further back to like Sandra Bland, even going all the way back to when most of this shit kicked off with Trayvon Martin. Like, what was the what? Like, think like really think what the fuck did the NAACP do? Like, really sit there and think about it like they didn't they don't do shit like it is a sorry ass organization like every chapter across the united states of america in this day and age like look at your local naacp chapter like it is it's it ain't shit and like i said the best thing that them niggas have done is the naacp image awards that's it but i just feel like they are beholden to that white dollar from them donors and it's just like hey we can't upset our donors we can't be too radical we can't actually offer solutions. We can just bring attention to keep getting donations in here. Like, I want y'all to really like research and look at, you know, what local chapters have been doing. Like they don't they don't do anything to lobby for black folks like hell. They only I don't even think they do anything for any other groups either because it's for the advancement of color people. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those organizations that's just kind of there you know some bad shit happened you know and don't nobody know who to donate to it's either NAACP or Black Lives Matter you know and it's one of those situations where there needs to be we need some new uh new blood into this whole civil rights movement you know cuz the new blood that's out now them niggas just worried about Instagram likes them niggas is worried about their social engagement. Them niggas is worried about selling merch. Like, I don't think there's anybody out there. Like, you can't name anybody out here who are uh, for black folks who aren't trying, who aren't doing shit, but trying to sell something. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to gain a dollar off of it, gain a dollar or a follower. There ain't nobody really out here like new school who's really doing it for the advancement of black folks or to educate black folks or to uh, make black the black population stronger uh, educationally, uh, politically, you know, shit like that. You know, it's uh, it's all about uh, you need to listen to my podcast. You need to buy this shirt. Make sure you follow me on the gram. Make sure you following me on TikTok. You know, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, you look at somebody like Al Sharpton. That nigga is just... That nigga be on, what is it, MSNBC or CNBC? That nigga's just living his best life. That nigga be out here dancing with that big-ass head. You know what I'm saying? You see, you see this nigga just dancing. Dancing or talking shit on MSNBC. 
And that nigga been bought and paid for since God knows when. Same with Jesse. And then, you you know, you tried to have these new little niggas out here, you know, doing the Ferguson thing. Like the nigga in the blue vest and that little chubby girl, you know, running around here, make, trying to make it do what it do. But these niggas up here stealing money. Then you had Talcum X jumping out, out the window. And this nigga been scamming it. Remember, what was it? Just last year, a couple years ago, this nigga was trying to sell fucking uh, what, $90 t-shirts, basic t-shirts. You like what the fuck? Can't account for none of these niggas can't account for money that's been donated to them. And they just they took that activism shit and they these niggas doing car commercials. You like, yo, what the fuck? Why is an activist doing a car commercial? How is that activism? Like a, a lot of these niggas is just bought and paid for. Just straight up and down. Just straight up bought and paid for. Or trying to be bought and paid for you know these niggas is making a making money off of oppression and it's just like yo are we not doing this to advance and you know really trying to turn america back into a utopia or not even back into or turn it into a utopia of like racial harmony you know and it's just, man, it's just like me going back, looking at them, you know, them African folks, what I was talking about on the Summer Jam screen, like them niggas just be on here talking, just be talking crazy about black American folks. And them niggas be sitting up in like Philadelphia or some shit. Like you look at their bio, you like, nigga, you literally sitting up. Well, I'm over here for school. Well, nigga, why don't you go, go to school back home? You know what I'm saying? It's just. It's just we're in this weird place where everything is trying to be monetized. Um, nobody's doing it for the love um, and then being attacked by your own brother and sister from, you know, across the pond, you know, across the lake, across the ocean. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck? And then if you're politically conscious you know, you got people on the left who will call you, you know, a right wing, you're on the right wing plantation or you got somebody on the right calling you saying you're on a Democratic plantation. It's just like, damn, y'all both just racist as fuck. Right. <coughs> and so you try to get people, you know, try to, you know, try to educate and tell people, you know, about, you know, policies and things like that coming up but no nobody care like if they can't make a dollar off of it like it's like eh you know if it's not the hot trending topic eh don't care but we have to stop being like that like i don't know there needs to be i don't know i just feel like there needs to be like a black state of the union you know to be held together and you know the ogs just come down and just talk some sense but our ogs are all bought and paid for you know what i'm saying it's just we have no respectable organizations out there who are vying for you know our rights and shit like that every time you know some black person gets killed you know you got mush mouth you know tongue-tied benjamin crump out there well i'm not here with the family and we are gonna get some justice 
and we gonna fight and da, da, da. and it's never like a criminal conviction it's always like a civil suit or some shit like that like the nigga loses in, in a criminal court then it's like we gonna file a civil case da, da, da. and then cause they have to play for the kinds that they did and this just can't stand no more you know you got some shit like that and the family you know gets you know a few million dollars out of taxpayers money and nothing ever changes and then you got to look at the uh congressional uh black caucus like these niggas be on twitter talking about everything but black folks oh we need to help our hispanic brothers and sisters oh we need to help the ukrainians what are you doing for black folks like if you look at the uh hispanic um uh uh, Congressional Hispanic Caucus Them niggas is on there tweeting in Spanish Talking about what they doing for Spanish people What they doing for migrant workers Everything All this other shit where they lobbying Congressional Black Caucus You know like Sheila Jackson Caribbean Lee You know I did HR 40 Nigga how long has HR 40 just been sitting there You know what I'm saying Just like it's just they placate us and it's just like oh well we got the black national anthem i don't give a fuck about a black national anthem what is something tangible that you're doing for black folks it's all this symbolic shit you know what i'm saying and then we're so uh run down and beat down by everyday life with these bills coming in you know your wages ain't changing so you just worrying about survival mode you know, while and you can't even look at the bigger picture because you're just so worried about the day to day and it's designed like that. But we just have these bought and paid for tired ass Negroes up on Capitol Hill and in these social uh, circles, uh, these political circles, any kind of fucking circle you can think of you know not doing shit and just skinning and grinning and giving us all these symbolic gestures and it's just so fucking unnecessary and it pisses me off so much like it really does like it makes me so fucking mad because we could actually you know change the world for the better you know what i'm saying and it's just too many people just bought and paid for for a few fucking crumbs you know they either bought and paid for or they trying to sell some fucking shit you know it's always tying into shit y'all remember uh man what's that nigga's name that professor uh that nigga boyce Watkins. it was funny like uh like when black folks was like there was like a high profile murder like every every fucking month or something like that and people would be tweeting him and he'd be like man yo how do you feel about this blah blah, blah. oh it's an unfortunate uh situation but if you buy my uh if you buy my uh economic boot camp blah 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 like nigga what the fuck i just asked your opinion about this or what should we do seeing it thinking of you as a thought leader and it's just like well if you buy my economic boot camp for 49.99 and da, 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 like that like that that was the nigga's response like nigga how the fuck is that helping somebody nigga i'm asking about a solution and you tell me to buy your fucking economic boot camp like it's just it's just these these youtubians these niggas on you know all over social media is just like there is no real thought leaders out there there's some niggas that give out some good information but when the rubber meets the road and it's time to do some work you know these niggas in the back seat somewhere and it's just it's one of those things where you just like you gotta just take these niggas with a grain of salt and it's, it's just so 
fucking disgusting right now and i just feel like i'm on a rant i'm on a tangent but it just pisses me off because a lot of times it'd be our own people that's keeping us fucked up in the game you know what i'm saying because if we're fucked up in the game oh that's content um i can offer you some solutions at a price um you know my organization can keep collecting dollars off of your pain and it's just like fuck we're tired of being in pain this shit shouldn't be like this at all you know so uh but in the end it's just fuck the NAACP uh fuck these bullshit ass so-called thought leaders um yeah just fuck it all like it's just man it's just so disgusting and heartbreaking you know when you really break it down just like you know you look at capitol hill these people be arguing on the senate floor left and right you know just knock down drag out you know just calling each other every fucking name in the book and the media and shitting on each other and once once the session is over these motherfuckers out playing softball together they're all playing they all golfing they're having dinner with each other's families and shit like it's just like all this whole system is just bullshit but it's so much harder when you're black because there's so many of us so many of our people in these leadership positions so-called leadership positions that could make some change but they're just bought and paid for they're just mascots and they don't want to really change because they're happy with their position and they just really don't give a fuck about the culture their people and uh the future get your mask you win perfect All right, so moving on to not all heroes wear capes. Uh, we got to give it to the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, it was in the, uh, TMZ ran a story, and it was all trending topic on, topic on Twitter uh, about my man uh, hitting a drive by. Like everybody kept on saying, Sean Kemp got arrested for a drive by. Sean Kemp got arrested for a drive by. If you don't know who Sean Kemp is, great NBA power forward uh, from the '90s. Uh, yeah, he's up in uh, Seattle. He was up in Washington. Uh, he's with the Supersonics, but uh, he was still up. He's still up there. Got some businesses up there. Um, and shout out to Gary Payton too, another great uh, player from the '90s who played with him. Um, but anyway, so that's all you kept seeing. I was like, man, what the fuck, Sean Kemp? He got all these businesses and shit going on. You don't be hearing about cuz like that. And uh, next thing you know, it came out later from the local news that somebody stole a bag out of his car and it had some apple products in it and i think he had an air tag or something uh where he could track it and so he tracked it and he went to confront the dude about it in a parking lot and the nigga started shooting at him and so he shot back and i'm like how the fuck did the media aka tmz start saying it was a drive-by shooting like and then the video leaked and yeah, it's, it's literally uh, Sean Kemp walking towards the car. Then the dude starts shooting at him. So he fired back. And so no charges were you know brought up on Sean Kemp or anything like that, uh, thankfully. But uh, yeah, salute to that brother. And uh, black men, stay strapped out there. You have to. You have to get your uh, CCW. Um, I know a lot of states now just have open carry. I wouldn't. Don't do that open carry shit. I saw something on... Um, what was it um uh, it was it's a black gun uh ig page i follow it's not redstone firearms um 
damn, I can't I can't remember who it is, but uh, it was down in the state that uh, the video was a black man in a convenience store, and it was an open carry state, and he had uh, his pistol in the in his back waistband. And he's squatting to grab something down and a dude just walks up behind him and just takes his shit up out, takes his pistol up out of his the back of his waist. And it's like, what the fuck can you do? Because he has your weapon now. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be, you know, uh, cognizant. Uh, you have to be aware of your environments when you're, you know, open carry. That's why, you know, you always got to do the concealed carry. Keep that shit up under you, you know, tucked. And so, uh, yeah, that's what y'all need to do, though, is we living in them, them we, these weird times. There's so many mass shootings. There was just a shooting today uh, where this uh, trans woman, uh, you know, went to this uh, this uh, what was it a Catholic school and killed two kids, three kids and killed some teachers. And then the police had to take uh take him out uh he she uh i don't know because i don't know if it's a trans woman or a trans man i just know it's transgender and uh i just don't know why you would do some evil shit like that like these school shootings are just getting ridiculous but um yeah but anyways let me move on let me move on uh so move on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and uh just this past weekend uh my baby girl turned three and uh, y'all haven't had a show for a minute. Um, and I turned 39 back in November. And I was just like, man, just, you know, it just really got me thinking about life, uh, thinking about how far I done came and, you know, just start reminiscing and just being thankful for the life that I've lived. And I just wanted to give y'all some jewels or some gems, you know, just with my baby girl's birthday and then thinking back on my birthday of just things that I've learned that just helped me get through life and uh, just to, you know, be more comfortable in my life and just to walk in my truth. And, you know, the main thing that I'm going to tell y'all is it is okay to be the villain in somebody else's story. And I know I've said this a million times before to y'all, but it, it really is. Like, I know I spent so much of my adulthood, especially in my 20s, you know, just trying to be the good guy in uh, people's stories. And I've had, you know, women lie on me, um, you know, that I was, that, you know, exes just lie the fuck on me. You know what I'm saying? Just just lie, 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 lie like a damn rug. And, you know, and I would be going around trying to, you know, clean up my image and shit like that. And then you just get get to the point where you just like fuck that i'm okay being the villain in your story if that helps you sleep at night you and i know the truth but you know what do your thing do your fucking thing and it even can be family members too family members can talk about you like a dog and you know uh tell your business this is why you don't tell your business to family especially your relationship business i don't care who you dating who you laid up with um, y'all problems y'all keep between y'all y'all work it out y'all solve them you know if you want to tell a friend go ahead do that uh, but make sure it's somebody you trust um, a lot of times you know people just try to shit on you and you know throw your mistakes in your face back in your face when they get mad at you or say some slick shit about something you went through with your partner that you didn't work through and then also 
um, it can become a situation where, you know, you tell somebody about, you know, your spouse, you know what I'm saying, or your partner, whoever you're with, and then the family starts hating them, and then, you you know, you don't hate the person, you know what I'm saying, y'all work through it and all this other shit, so just keep that shit between y'all, and um, just, you just have to be okay, like, after a breakup, um, you know, putting family at a distance, some of those toxic family members, uh, you just have to be okay with taking that blame. Uh, you know, you just have, it's not eating it, but you're not dealing with that person, you know, on a regular basis. So you just have to be okay being that villain, you know, just take a deep breath and just woo side that shit, you know, Hey, I'm fine. I'm not going to defend my character to you because you're not that important to me anymore. You know, this is a new chapter in life. Um, this is something that, you know, I have to just be comfortable with. You know, you're going to keep telling that same tired lie to whoever is going to listen to it. God bless. You know, keep telling, you know, I'm a conversation starter. That's hey, that's fine. You know, you just have to be comfortable with that. Just being a villain in somebody else's story because it's your side, their side. And it's the truth. Y'all both know the truth. You know what I'm saying? And, um also something that really kind of helped me in this uh stage in my life is people gonna judge you no matter what no matter what you do no matter what you do people are going to judge you good bad uh left right up down they just going to judge you do your thing do your fucking thing the only person you got to worry about is the man the woman in the mirror that's all you got to worry about you know what i'm saying when it comes to judgment it not even you know not even your spouse not your mama not your daddy grandma grandpa uncle aunties you know what i'm saying judgment did hey people on the street they just gonna judge you whether you do the thing or you don't you know what i'm saying so do your damn thing do the damn thing you know what i'm saying and a lot of times you know uh i spoke on family members uh close friends i'm gonna tell you this jealousy and hate it really don't come from the outside it comes from those closest to you it really do so just watch out you know you gotta be aware that 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 partner in your group that be uh cracking them jokes you know a little too close to home you know what i'm saying uh always gotta one up you or something like that you know you gotta you gotta watch them 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 homeboys that just be cracking you know just little jokes all the time all the time or they be on some low-key hater shit just all the fucking time I, I know y'all know them people who just be on some hater shit all the time man bro i think i'm about to going back to school man nigga why you gonna do some shit like that for nigga you know what i'm saying it's just it's them type of people always got something slick to say you know you uh you just buy it you know you bought you bought a new car oh shit if it was me i would have did this that and the third you know what i'm saying you buy a new house oh it's cool you know it's a cool little house you know what I'm saying? If it shit, if it was me, I would have did this, this, and I would have got a bigger one. I would have got one with a pool in the back. And I do got a pool in the back. Well, I would have got one, you know, a little bit bigger. You know what I'm saying? With a, with a diving board. Okay, it does have a diving board. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, I have a, you know, I have a sauna on the side. You know, just some shit like that. You gotta watch people like that. You gotta watch people like that. You just bought a, a PS5. Shit, I would have bought, you know, a couple of controllers and like five, six games already. Like, well, I couldn't afford that right now. Shit, why you buy the game then? You know, just, just shit like that. You gotta watch people who, 
who real slick low key that's why my circle's super small my shit is super fucking small you know what i'm saying you gotta watch family too you know what i'm saying like you start coming into your own your ogs and your family could be looking at you on some on some sour shit you know so you just have to watch that and then also uh you got to get in the habit of playing offense defense instead of defense offense you go you know you have to be proactive in life stop reacting that's all that that means stop reacting to situations and start being proactive you know what i'm saying just start being proactive in life start going after your goals start you know just doing your fucking thing just do it that's all you gotta do just do it and being proactive in life i'm gonna tell you something it's amazing uh it makes life uh not easier but more enjoyable because the last thing i've learned that is life is hard whether you try or not you know what I'm saying? If you don't try, you're just going to have a life full of regrets and just being hard on yourself. And if you do try, you know, there's there's rewards in the process of trying to do new things, new experiences, something you can teach your kids, something you can teach your, you know, your nieces and nephews, something you can teach your partner. You know what I'm saying? And there's going to be rewards if you're trying in life. Oh, shit. I, I really went out there You know I was on my grind I got a fucking house I'm on my grind I just got a new truck Oh shit I'm on it I'm on it I'm on it I'm doing my thing You know you're not just sitting there stuck And just You know shitting in your hand Clapping and thinking a miracle Going uh, splatter in your face You know what I'm saying It's just you, Life is hard no matter, no matter what You might as well fucking try You know be a try hard you know what I'm saying? Don't die hard. Be a try hard. You know what I'm saying? You just sitting up there, you know, oh, I should have did this, could have did that, blah, blah, blah. You know, you look up, you know, five years done passed you by and you just still on that same bum shit. You know what I'm saying? Try. You have to fucking try because when you don't, the shit gets hard because you're in a position where you don't like your life. You become real regretful, resentful towards those who still fucking with you. You know what I'm saying? And you just making it hard on them because you're not doing what you need to do in your life. And you always have that little voice in the back of your head telling you what you need to do. So just fucking do it. All right. So this has been the kickoff of season three, episode 200 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, nothing but love and respect for y'all out there. Thank y'all for being patient with me. And uh, yeah, sorry for the wait. But yeah, the new season is here. So, uh, yeah, I'll see y'all next week. All right. Peace.